It's the great feast of, of Pentecost, and of course that's the item that's over here, and I'm, I'm very thankful uh, that for this feast that uh, this one is, is here, because even then those watching at home are able to see the icon, to perhaps throughout the service even think about and meditate on the icon and on, on what this feast is, uh, and how important it is in the life of the church, and actually in the life of the whole world. Because really, we can even look at this feast and pray and hope that what happens on that day, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon those apostles, happens for us as well, and that the renewal that the apostles felt is the same as the renewal that we all can feel. It's almost as if we can potentially press reset on the world. Or perhaps the world isn't going to change, but at least we will interact with the world in a different way. And I think that's exactly what we need. If we need to press reset on how we interact with the world. And so that's what happened with the apostles. The apostles were able to, again, the world didn't change around them, but the Holy Spirit came upon them. It was still the same broken world that they had been living in. It was the same world that had crucified their their, their teacher and had crucified the Lord. It was the same world. But they had a different mission. They had a different message. They had a different understanding of how they were to then interact with that world. It was as if, again, there's this recreation that is happening. And if we look at the beginning of the, the, the book of Genesis, we see that two things are needed for creation. The first two things that happen. Light and water. And in the gospel reading this morning, we have Christ revealing to us that in effect, we have the light and we have the water that the world needs in order for the world to be able to be renewed. Because Christ, in the gospel that we have this morning, he's teaching at the end of a feast. It says on the last day of the feast. The feast that he was teaching, uh, that he was teaching at was the Feast of the Tabernacles. And as I mentioned on the Feast of Mid-Pentecost, when we have the, uh, the, the earlier section of this same uh, chapter in the Gospel of John, the Feast of Tabernacles is the feast that is in commemoration of the people of Israel's being in the wilderness. And on the last day of the feast, the eighth day of the feast, Christ stands up and he says, All who thirst, let him come to me and drink. And the reason he uses those words is because on that last day of the feast, on the Feast of Tabernacles, the last day of the feast, they remember the time in the desert when they were thirsty. And when Moses was told by God to take his staff and to hit the rock, and out of that rock would come water for the people to be able to drink and for the people to be able to, to, to live. They thought, we're out here in the desert and we are going to die. And so Christ is showing them that just like God provided the water to come out of the rock, he was going to send the Holy Spirit, which would be that real living water, because John says he was talking about the Holy Spirit, that they would receive that living water. And living water means that it is water that is flowing. And so when they were to receive the water, it wouldn't be something that they would just be able to contain within themselves and it would only be satisfactory to them. But that living water would actually be water that would then flow from them out to others as well. And that's the water that the world needs. The water that the world needs is the Holy Spirit flowing from 
from out of our hearts. And the light. Christ says at the very end of the gospel, he says, I am the light of the world. And that's actually on the icon of Christ in the very center there on his scroll. It says, I am the light of the world. He who believes in me shall not walk in darkness. And the same thing on this last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, they would light these great big lamps. And Jesus is showing them, you have these lamps, that's great, but I am the light of the world. I am the one who can bring light in the midst of darkness. Only I can enliven and enlighten the world in the way that it needs to be changed and the way that it needs to be enlightened. And we see that even in the book of Revelation because at the very end when we see the heavenly Jerusalem, it says that there is no sun there because the Lamb of God is the light. And He is the light, light enough that He can fill up everything that's there. They don't need any other false lights. He is the light of the world. And so, brothers and sisters, on this feast, we have this understanding that the world needs light and that the world needs water. The world needs Christ. The world needs the Holy Spirit. And we know that. And in fact, the icon of Pentecost reveals that to us as well. The person at the bottom, you know, the part of the icon that people are wondering about, what is going on with that? The man appeared there with the crown around him. You can't see it, perhaps, but it says, the world. And the world is in darkness. And he's holding those scrolls, and there are 12 of those scrolls that are there, and of course there are apostles that are there. And we have their light, their witness, the gospel going out into the world that then can bring that dark, that, that world that is in darkness into the light. And I don't have to tell you, I, we've been reminded very, very, very strongly over these last few months, and especially these last couple of weeks, about the darkness of our world. It needs light, it needs water, because it is parched and it is thirsty and it is feeling like it's going to destruction. The world needs Christ, the world needs the Holy Spirit. And how is the world going to get it? No pressure. You. Okay, lots of pressure. Us. The world gets what it needs in order to survive and to be renewed through us. Through us. And again, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and it doesn't change the world immediately, but it changes who we are. And it changes how we interact with the world. St. Seraphim of Seraph, whose icon is there, says, Acquire the spirit of peace and thousands around you will be saved. We've received the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit that we've received is not something that we hide under a bushel. It's not something that we keep to ourselves. But it's something that we are really and truly enlivened by the Holy Spirit. That it becomes a river flowing of living water. And we can't help but spread that to others that are around us as well. And sometimes it doesn't even mean that we have to do it on purpose. But when we have the Holy Spirit, when we know that the Spirit of peace is with us, when we have it, it's just that it flows naturally from us and it begins to change the world that is around us. And when we begin to mold ourselves in the image and likeness of God, when we see the light of the world of Christ, when we walk in His commandments in the light, we are then able to bring 
bring the light of Christ into every single dark situation that is there. And we might not change the world immediately, but if each one of us, if every single Christian in the world takes the Holy Spirit that we have been given and lives the fruits of the Spirit, sharing that living water with everyone else, if every single Christian in the world uh, attempts truly to live like the light of the world that we are connected to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in His image and in His likeness, that that light will grow and will change this area and will change the area around it and around it and around it and it will go out from there just like the apostles after Pentecost. They started in Jerusalem and they began to preach throughout the entirety of the world. The same thing can happen for us today. That same Holy Spirit that was sent down upon the apostles and made fishermen, sinful people, that's what that means, sinful people, into the wise theologians. That same Holy Spirit can take us, I've got a master's degree, what's my problem? It can make a fisherman into someone like that, it can take a master's degree into who knows what. But the idea is that the same Holy Spirit comes down upon us and we are able to then spread that to the rest of the world. This world is in darkness still. The world is thirsty still. There's only one place where the world will find the light that it needs. There's only one place that the world will find the water that it needs. And that is with us. So may we take the Holy Spirit that we have been given that has descended upon us and may it become a river flowing out into the world. May we be molded in the image and likeness of God and shine the light of Christ where it is dark. And then we will be changed. This world will be changed. And this feast, which happened 2,000 years ago, will still have an impact. It still does. Because the Holy Spirit is still blowing. So may we be part of that recreation of this world and give it light and give it water by our experience of Christ and our acquiring of the Holy Spirit that is sent down upon us today. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.